Biden administration is trying to do hard things. That's the business of governing. They are on a very big losing streak. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, all of them with tears in their eyes for the departure from our democracy that is happening right now. Today, we must not be complacent or complicit. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 157. Hour 2 Sean Hannity Show. We'll get to your calls at the bottom of this half hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I read this article in the Daily Wire where I saw it first. It has to do, the headline is, Judge Orders FDA to Expedite the Release of FISA Data on COVID-19 Vaccine of Paramount Public Importance. Now, this stems from a federal judge in Texas ordering the FDA to expedite the release of what is hundreds of thousands of pages of and documents on the FISA vaccine, rejecting any request by the federal government to give out the, the data over a 75-year period. Why? Why? It's relevant to now. I mean, that's all you hear, one size fits all, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. We run out of therapeutics and tests, and we don't talk about antivirals or monoclonal antibodies. But anyway, the judge in this case, Judge Mark Pittman, U.S. District uh, Court for the Northern District of Texas, ruling that the FDA has got to release all of the data by FISA, for its application for their vaccines emergency authorization use at a pace of 55,000 pages a month. The FDA had requested that it be allowed to put out the data at a far slower pace of 500 pages per month. Now, this ruling comes as a result of FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request filed by the Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. It's a group formed to make public the data used by the FDA to grant emergency uh, approvals for in the case of covid covid 19 vaccines the attorney's name is aaron siri he represented the group in the court over the FOIA request and he uh, said this is a great win for transparency removes one of the strangleholds that federal health authorities have had on data needed for independent scientists to offer solutions and address Serious issues with current vaccine programs, issues which include waning immunity, variants, evading vaccine immunity, and as the CDC has confirmed, the vaccines do not prevent transmission. Now, let me take you back in time because we have played this many times. Remember when they were first pushing the vaccine? You know, what, what were they saying? They were saying if you get vaccinated, you're not going to get COVID. You can make an argument. Oh, OK, well, we didn't anticipate that this variant or that variant. That is irrelevant. This is what they said. The, the ruling states that um, the FDA has got to turn over 12,000 pages by the end of this month, 55,000 pages every 30 days until the entirety and omitted redacted portions of the data are submitted by FISA has been released. 
the person in charge of this case, Aaron Siri, is a managing partner of Siri and Glimstad, had a huge victory with this verdict. He joins us now. How are you, sir? I, I think it is an important victory as well. I'm curious, why did they want to roll this out over the course of 75 years? What did it, why, why would it be relevant 75 years from now? It wouldn't be. <laughs> Since the average life expectancy of most Americans is 77 years, waiting 75 years uh, would mean we, everybody alive today pretty much would be dead before the documents were fully released, and until the documents, the data are fully released, as the scientists that comprise the group I represent have explained numerous times, they can't do a proper analysis, because if even one data set is missing, they don't know if an analysis they've done is incorrect. So waiting 75 years would effectively mean that the uh, FDA's review of these documents, a review that we, the taxpayers, paid for, um, could not have been uh, assess could not have gotten a let's call it a second opinion you know peer review do you expect or anticipate scientists. that there's going to be an appeal from the fda um I, th there's been no signal yet and i my expectation is that they won't appeal actually um i think that uh if the fda didn't realize how bad it looked that they wanted to wait that long to release this data. I, I think they're, they should realize it now, especially given the, uh, the judge's decision, uh, which uh, I think um, made clear how important this data is and that it should be released forthwith. I don't think they're going to get a better outcome in the Fifth Circuit if they do decide to appeal it. But if, but if they choose to do so, um, you know, we certainly will be arguing that it should be done even quicker. That's a that would be a good argument. Now, uh, I I've interviewed doctors. Some I agree with, some I disagree with. And but I'm trying. I tell my audience to you've got to educate yourself. Read as much as you can. Do your own research. You know, take into account your medical history, your current medical condition. Uh, talk to your doctor, doctors, the the medical professionals you most trust, and then that decision has to come from you. I don't believe in one-size-fits-all medicine either, and I've interviewed people with rare conditions that can't get the vaccine. But we know where the government stands on all of this. And what's fascinating to me in this whole process is there have been people, I had a call to this radio show yesterday, that do have adverse reactions to the vaccine now overwhelmingly they will tell you that the vaccine prevents you from being hospitalized or dying but that's a very different bar and a very different thing from what they were telling us in the beginning this is what they were saying in the beginning we're making sure healthcare workers are vaccinated because if you seek care at a healthcare facility you should have the certainty that the people providing that care are protected from covid and cannot spread it to you the various shots that people are getting now cover that they're they're you're okay you're not gonna you're not gonna get covid if you have these vaccinations vaccines prevent getting infected prevent getting sick prevent your hospitalization our data from the cdc today suggests um you know that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus don't get sick um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. 
All right, so you got Joe Biden and all these other people saying over and over again, Dr. Fauci, uh, if you get vaccinated, you're not going to get COVID. What what happened to that? Because now if you're vaccinated, boosted, and even have natural immunity, people are getting COVID. Yes, they are. Uh, and that's precisely why we want all hands on deck, so to speak. We need independent scientists reviewing all of this data so they can help address these issues. On the point of adverse reactions, I, I, I you know, if, if, if it might be helpful for me to point out that at my firm, we've got 18 uh, professionals that all we've been do, all they do is vaccine related work in a, a number of them. All they do is vaccine uh, injury cases uh, in the federal court of claims. If you're injured by vaccine, you have to sue the federal government. You can't sue the pharmaceutical companies. That's for all vaccines, pretty much because of a law passed in 1986 by Congress. But when it comes to COVID vaccines, you can't even bring a claim in that specialized program where you're suing federal health authorities for injuries because of something called the PrEP Act. If you are injured by a COVID vaccine, there is pretty much no recourse. There's a program called the CICP that uh, I'm not aware of any attorney. So, so will, I want to be clear. Uh, so pharmaceutical yep. companies are protected and you can sue the federal government, but you're not going to get far suing the federal government, correct? When it comes to all vaccines other than COVID vaccine, yes, you could sue the federal government. You sue actually the secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. That is who is the respondent if you're injured by those vaccines. And we've been handling those vaccines claims well before COVID. That program has paid out over $4 billion for injuries from other vaccines. But when it comes to COVID vaccine, you can't even bring a claim in that otherwise already very limited program that has statutory caps where the, the Department of Justice that's defending against any claim of injury. It's the only consumer product like that. Usually the federal government is protecting consumers from you know, big corporations that might harm them. When it comes to vaccines, that's the only uh, industry I'm aware of where the federal government defends the company from any claim by consumers for injury. But going back to COVID vaccine, you can't even go into that program. The, the pharmaceutical companies have complete immunity, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J. So if they're so safe, one has to query, why did they need this level of immunity? I also tell you that my phone's you know, uh, my my firm's phones, email submissions, um, you know, since the COVID vaccine have released, we've never gotten this level, this torrent of people emailing, calling with, you know, seeking assistance with regards to COVID vaccine injuries. And I will tell you, these are not folks that have in, have issues with vaccines. They're not folks that are, have uh, some uh, concerns about vaccines. These are folks that went and got the COVID vaccine. Folks who have concerns about COVID vaccine, they'll call our firm about COVID vaccine injuries because they didn't get the shot. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Aaron Siri, managing partner of Siri and Glimstad. just had a judge rule in his favor in a case against Pfizer Freedom of Information Act request and all of the science and information and data will be released in a timely manner. It's not about vaccine hesitancy. It's about adverse reactions that some people have. You know, we hear uh, myocarditis, for example, and, and other things, spontaneous women that are pregnant spontaneously have a miscarriage. This has all been well published and what would you say to the people that said okay well the alternative is no antibodies and that means you die and and more millions more would have died blah 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 now what i do like about your approach from a different whole different point of view 
is that we've been lectured to follow the science, and you're saying you want other scientists to look at the data and see what they, how they interpret it. Right. Look, I, I would say this in terms of the injuries, just in terms of the, the types of injuries. For the most part, what we're seeing are calls regarding various neurological neuropathies as well as immune-related issues. Now, obviously, most, not everybody who gets a COVID vaccine ends up with an injury, and not everybody that has COVID ends up uh, getting hurt or dying, right? Uh, but there's a percentage in both groups, and I would say that we should care about all people. We should care about people who are, who are negatively affected by COVID. COVID does kill some people. It, and, and it certainly harms some people. And the, and the vaccine does uh, injure some people. And, and we should care. And we have, we have room enough, not only in our hearts, but uh, also in our system of government and so forth, to take care of everybody. In terms of the approach, I, I think that what you're saying, Sean, makes so much sense, which is talk to your doctor. Make a personal decision for yourself. Everybody should be able to decide for themselves. But when it comes to mandates, it takes away that choice. Um, oh, by the way, I'm not, not sure I, the left wants to quarantine people in like, uh, I don't know, in, in, in special internment camps for crying out loud. If they choose not to get the vaccine, Utah being the latest. Um, let me yeah. let me ask th this question, because I think this is very important. Now, we had on Dr. Robert Malone. He's since come under tremendous fire. It's interesting because he was the one that created the technology for the mRNA virus without which we wouldn't have a Pfizer or Moderna shot. I'm sorry, for the uh, back, for the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine, the technology, the mRNA vaccine technology. And he's on this program, and he said it's not ready for mass use, the technology he created. And he said, but with that said, the people that are most at risk, 65 or older, comorbidities, pre-existing conditions, compromised immune systems, he would say it would be appropriate for them but he said them only and that kind of surprised me from the guy that invented the technology that led to those two very specific vaccines look if a 65 year old with with uh, uh you know significant comorbidities doesn't want to take the vaccine i think that should be their right and if a 20 year old is completely healthy and is at no risk of covid wants the vaccine that should be their right, too. This is supposed to be a free country. The problem is, in my opinion, uh, mandates. Um, going back to what you said again, everybody should be able to choose for themselves. Dr. Malone has his opinion about it. Dr. Fauci has his opinion about it. Medical professionals clearly can disagree about what is best for any one individual. The one person that shouldn't be making that decision, though, is the government. It shouldn't be the government telling who should have to get this vaccine to get a job, go to the military, go to school, go to university. That really, that's what makes this uh, um, so problematic and causes the, the, you know, the tension points in our society around, around these products. And they, and they are just products uh, at the end of the day. Um, I'd like to follow up with you, you know, as this, as this information becomes available to you and as you allow other scientists to look at it. Um, which, by the way, we're following the science here, so I think that's just smart. And maybe there are things that Pfizer, Moderna, and well, in this case, it's Pfizer, but maybe the things they missed or maybe things they got right. Um, I'd like to know what you find. Um, so we'll follow this case very closely, and we appreciate uh, you sharing what's going on behind the scenes. I, I believe in transparency, so 
Uh, this is a big win for people, and I think especially putting something or forcing something into people's bodies, they have every right to know as much as possible about what it is. So thank you for being yeah. with us. Absolutely. Thank you. And if um, anybody wants to see those documents and all the data, it's all being made publicly available at uh, the group that we represent's website. That's phmpt.org. Um, so everything's available there. And if I may just add one more point, Sean, and it's this. Um, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, about internment camps and quarantine and mandates. The CDC director herself has said this vaccine does not stop transmission. If it doesn't stop transmission, and if those who are vaccinated can also transmit it, none of these policies make any sense, even for the very reasons they're saying they need to implement them. Um, and, and, you know, uh, the, the, should the hope well, the, is the that, things have changed yeah. dramatically. A fully vaccinated, boosted people, people with natural immunity get it. But I'm just out of time. We'll have you back. Aaron Siri, thank you for being with us. Thank you. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. Gentlemen, we'd like to take a second to hear the immortal Bob Grant's thoughts about the world today. Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's sick and it's getting sicker. Now, back to the Sean Hannity Show. Really is getting sicker and sicker every single day. I read this news and some days I'm like, oh, man, what 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 is happening? Watching Cher in a panic, the singer Cher panicking as midterms approach. If Democrats lose the House or the Senate, we are effed. <laughs> no, it's just the opposite. I don't know what reality she's living in. Uh, but if if Republicans lose, we're, we're screwed. I'll put it uh, more gently. Uh, all right, Mike in Florida. Mike, you're smart. I'm a dope. You're living in paradise. Where do you live in Florida, and what's the temperature today? Sean Hannity. Yes, sir. From the greatest state in the union. I am in Jacksonville. Temperature right now is 55, but it feels like 70. It's beautiful out. That's right. By the way, I, when I did play golf, I haven't played in a long time. Uh, you got a great golf course down there uh, with an incredible 17th yes. hole. Uh, yes, and you sir. know what I'm talking about. What? Sawgrass. Sawgrass is sawgrass. amazing. Yeah. Driving past it as we speak. So one day, I, I actually played it twice. The like, second time I was down there and I played it, me and, I know this is, you're not supposed to do this. Me and my friends probably hit six or seven balls each on 17. We just kept hitting them. A couple of them went in the water, which shouldn't surprise you. I bet you about half the people do that out there. And why not? Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they probably do. Nobody nobody yelled at me. We're, it's all good. What's going on? There's sir? more. There's more. There's more Pro V ones in that lake than you could. You could pick out, <laughs> I wonder I, if I somebody goes back. in. They've got to send somebody in once a year to probably clean that sucker out, right? I I bet you it's once a week. <laughs> That's <But>. probably true. <laughs> uh, for the, for if you don't know, it's, it, Sawgrass has a 17th par three. I forget how many yards. Maybe a 165 or something like that. Um, and it's an island, literally. And 
when when they play tournaments at Sawgrass, uh, you know, professional tournaments, on the last day they they put the pin in this they place it in an area where it so easily will fall all, go way past the pin and off the green depending on where you land on the green because it's kind of like a, a two-tiered green in, in the sense that you got a big hill there as you know yes yes yeah. well i'm not Lower playing right, golf right, lately right, so right forget hand, it right hand side yeah. yeah it's a great golf course it's a great area in florida is a, a wonderful state and i was in ex new york 30 40 years ago and i'm Best move I ever made, but good, good for you. you know, Jacksonville, we're also the home of Ron DeSantis, and I was mm-hmm. intrigued by a comment that your caller made yesterday about Trump in twenty twenty four. I'm praying that Trump runs, and I'm hoping that Ron is a potential VP candidate. Although that he said that he likes to be governor, but I'm reading in some sites that Trump doesn't like DeSantis, and I'm thinking it's fake news too because DeSantis is a great candidate, just like Trump is. You know, I've been I've been following it on the. I know both people pretty well. Um, is there anything to it? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I just don't know. Um, I agree with you that DeSantis has been a great governor, and and I think he will be reelected this year. I hope so. I mean, it'd be a disaster if he wasn't. I think sure. that, that they would make a great team. I thought I thought Mike Pence made a great vice president, and. You know, sadly, at the end of the presidency, they they had this falling out on this one issue. Sure. I wish that didn't happen. I I, I prefer some DeSantis unity and a little bit. Of, we we have enough people out there that hate any conservative and every Republican. That you know, the less infighting and and I don't know battles that go back and forth, the better off I think we're going to ultimately be. The more we're united on the same page with the same agenda fighting for the same things, which is to save the republic, all hands on deck, I think we're better off. I agree 100%. I think, I think DeSantis is a really smart fighter and very a very good tactician. And I think Trump's instincts and guts are exceptional and they're without equal. And that's why I think they'd make a good team. I hope it ends up that way. You know, look, it's, it's what we've got 2022. Um, time is going to tell. Uh, there's no doubt that I think the president, meaning President Trump, is is looking to run again. I, I, otherwise, I don't think he would have gone out to Arizona the way he did. The crowd he had was massive. I've never seen any other politician attract crowds like he does and the amount of support that he does. And the agenda worked. We can now, in one year of the Biden presidency, we can now compare and contrast the two governing philosophies and one is a, an abysmal failure on every level, and the other was tremendously successful. And I care about success. Now, some people don't like Donald Trump's style. Okay, fine. But the policies, you can't really argue, didn't work. They worked. Sean, no matter who is president, if they're a Republican, you said this. If it's Reagan, they found a reason to hate Ronald Reagan. If it was Bush, they found a reason to hate Bush. A silver spoon in his mouth, or Reagan was too old. So it doesn't matter who our candidate is. They will find a way to hate them and then try to push that agenda. And you know that, certainly. So Trump is just our best fighter, and that's what really kills him and drives him crazy. Listen, nobody's fought like him in my political lifetime, and and he's hated for it. And if you want to talk about somebody that was able to expose the underbelly of the swamp, the sewer that is Washington, D.C., the stench, 
of corruption, it's him. Um, and I've never met one person in my life that takes up so much space in other people's brains than Donald Trump. It's hilarious to me. I got something that if you ever postulate or kick this around about how do we change Washington? And the, the only thing I've ever thought about was how do we decentralize it? So these folks aren't in Washington 24 seven thinking of ways of how to ruin the country. And could we ever make it so that congressmen and senators stay in their home states or districts and legislate through secure zoom, just like we've all had to during COVID where they don't go to Washington and conspire with each other to see how they're going to ruin the country. I'm curious if that ever would get traction. As you kick that around, I'm curious if that ever keep these folks. The sad thing is, and this is the danger of of New Green Deal-ism, and and this was where the phony accounting came into play, is they they factor in what they call sunset provisions. So Manchin, for example, was saying $175 million, and actually it was Lindsey Graham that insisted the accounting gimmicks that the Democrats and the CBO were using get removed from from the way the CBO scores, as there's a phrase they used, scores the bill. And when we got down to, okay, if you eliminate the sunset provisions, which are the realistic numbers, because a sunset provision means, oh, we're only we're only going to have uh, pre-K education for one year or two years or whatever it is. When we know if that ever passes, we're stuck with it in perpetuity, i.e., Obamacare. So once you take out the accounting gimmicks, that one point seven five trillion became five point one trillion with three trillion in debt that we're putting on our kids and grandkids. So, you know, would I like to see a dramatic 20 percent cut across the board, 25 percent even in in government? Um, Absolutely. I think one of Trump's greatest successes, the one of the reasons the economy was was thriving under his leadership was energy, obviously, independence, net exporter, and number two, getting rid of the bureaucracy that is putting a stranglehold on business and lowering taxes. You know, I'm reading today that California, I mentioned this earlier, they want to double the, their taxes and, and have a single-payer system in California. That's 30% of people's income, state income tax, not even talking about local. Then you got property tax on top of it. Then you have your forty percent. You're going to pay nationally. You're looking at eighty percent of your eighty cents out of every dollar going to government if Newsom goes forward with that. But I think he'll lose half the population of California if he pulls, tries to pull that off. Uh, but anyway, you bring up good points philosophically. I think the country. I don't know why. I understand it to some extent emotionally. You know, when people hear, oh, I don't have to worry about college. I don't have to worry about my retirement. I don't have to worry about my my health care. The government's going to provide everything for me. It's it's for some people. It's emotionally uh, gratifying and reassuring to people. But the reality is every time it's been tried, every name it's been given, every manifestation it's taken on. It all results in the same thing, more poverty, broken promises, and a loss of freedom. That's that's socialism, statism, authoritarianism, communism. It's all it's it's one and the same, you know, to varying degrees. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Craig, North Carolina. Craig, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to 
talk about something you've mentioned before about school choice. And fundamentally and philosophically, I agree with you. But but as I learned in grad school in economics with a brilliant professor, are two things in the world that that kind of drive things. One is opportunity matters. You're going to take what your opportunity matters to you the most. And then perverse incentives. And that's where I think both of these play in. If you go to school choice, which I totally agree with, but who's going to regulate it? The I don't think it's, you let, this is where there, there might be a period of adjustment. And, and I actually have an idea on how to transition to it. And, and part of it may also be a permanent solution. And that is that you create and there are already programs in place. For example, we have a Celis, uh, learning is a homeschooling program that even school districts are now paying for. Or, you know, Hillsdale College has is, is put together a kindergarten through 12th grade education model that they're using. The, the transition would be online and you would have every single grade, every single class and an ability for people to transition at home, be it with a tutor or with a parent or with a grandparent or with a neighbor while the schools then get up and running, and I'll tell you what schools are going to be successful. The, the schools that put kids in uniforms, in, in, insist on discipline, that reinforce the fundamentals of reading, writing, math, um, computers, history, American history especially. And I think those schools would, I, I think you'd have parents competing. Let me give you an example. You know, New York City public schools are so bad that you have parents literally fighting to get their children into pre-K education. If they don't get in early, then the next step, kindergarten, that becomes harder. They don't get into that school, first grade becomes almost impossible. And it is, and you're paying 60, 65, 70 grand a year to get into these these private elite schools in New York. And it's, you have no idea what it takes. I know parents that have done this. I mean, there's so much ass kissing that goes on that you're involved in and, and you've got to know the right people and you've got to, your kindergartner has to get interviewed. You know, it's Linda, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's nuts. It is insane. It's like it's, it's insane. worse than going to college. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're fighting and scratching and clawing and, and what school you're almost judged immediately. You know, if you don't get in that system early. You're never getting in, or the odds are very low. Um, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I still I still suspect that when public school unions and public school teachers and government officials realize they're going to be losing control of the schools, they are going to find ways to take away accreditation, say this isn't working, or you don't have access to public sports or, or varsity sports in high school. That's that's my point. There, I I think there will be a lot of pushback, and if they lose the battle on the choice of schools, then the next step will be to stop it from happening or to discredit it and use it also. In, well, in my, I'll, I'll give you a quick example that I got to run. But both my kids were athletes, and I just worked out a system for each of them, individual system, whereby. You know, one actually homeschooled the last year of high school, um, and and the other uh, was getting out of class for the last two or three years of high school, 
you know, wouldn't take lunch, but getting out early for training, practice, etc., like one thirty in the afternoon. And that gave plenty of time, you know, to get up, you go to all your classes, you get them out of the way, boom, then you're free for the day. Um, so there's ways around it. Um, but it, but for most parents, you know, athletics is not that important. But for many kids, it's a ticket. You know, they play lacrosse, if the, whatever, baseball, basketball, doesn't matter, football, any sport. You know, it, for a lot of kids, it's it's a ticket to a much better college than they otherwise would have gotten into academically. Anyway, I appreciate your call. I'm not cutting you short. I'm just out of time. 800 941 is our number. Uh, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas uh, attacked by Dr. Fauci on a hot mic moment uh, will join us next as uh, we continue. And more of your calls also the next hour as well as we continue. dot com slash Hannity.